Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Thursday, January 20th. Coming up, a conversation with Jackson County's acting health director about why he says the COVID 19 situation is dire. But first, some headlines. The St. Joseph School District will be closed the rest of the week because of COVID-19-related absences. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports thousands of students would be affected. The school district already canceled classes on Tuesday and Wednesday because of staff shortages. A district statement said the decision to close schools, quote, was not taken lightly, but that many administrators, teachers, and bus drivers were out sick from work. While there will be no remote learning for students while schools are closed, Four meals will be provided to each student for pickup or delivery. Meanwhile, school districts in Olathe and Kansas City, Kansas, were also forced to cancel classes on Tuesday and Wednesday because of hundreds of COVID-related absences. Missouri Governor Mike Parson wants to again cut the state income tax rate. He made the request yesterday during his State of the State address to the General Assembly. Right now, the vast majority of people in Missouri pay 5.4% in income tax. Parson wants lawmakers to cut that rate to 5.3%. The governor is also pledging more than $2 billion in new spending, including a $400 million investment in broadband internet. Most of the spending will be funded by federal coronavirus relief funds. Almost all of these items must be approved by the General Assembly, which has many members that oppose increased spending. A man was transported to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries after a law enforcement officer on a federal task force shot him in Kansas City yesterday. KCUR's Carlos Moreno reports. The Missouri State Highway Patrol says the task force was out searching for the man who was wanted on a Jackson County warrant and a federal probation violation. When officers attempted to arrest him near the intersection of 25th Street and Jackson, the man reportedly pulled a handgun from his waistband. One task force officer then shot the suspect in the arm. Another officer was injured on some glass during the ensuing scuffle and was transported to the hospital for observation. An armored car company that serves licensed marijuana dispensaries in Missouri and other states is suing the federal government. It claims government agents illegally seized dispensary cash the company was transporting. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports. The lawsuit by Imperial Logistics comes after a sheriff's deputy in Dickinson County, Kansas, stopped one of Imperial's vehicles for a supposed traffic violation and seized nearly $166,000 in cash it was taking from dispensaries in Kansas City to a credit union in Colorado. Since then, Imperial says its vehicles have been stopped four more times in California and had their cash seized. Dan Alban is a lawyer for Imperial. I think they began to become very concerned that this was an ongoing pattern of activity and that they were being targeted. The lawsuit alleges violations of the Fourth Amendment and seeks to block future stops of Imperial's vehicles without probable cause. 
Kansas lawmakers redrawing the state's political map are considering moving some or all of Wyandotte County out of Democratic U.S. Representative Sharice David's district. One map would move the heavily Democratic county into the sprawling Republican district that covers the western two-thirds of Kansas. Another plan places the county in the district that reaches into the southeast corner of the state. Democratic Kansas Representative Tom Burroughs says people who testified at public hearings last summer said that's the opposite of what they wanted. We heard that. We don't want to see Wyandotte County in the first congressional district. Wyandotte and Johnson counties should be kept together. Democrats favor a map that keeps those counties together. But people in southeast Kansas are likely to oppose a map that would put them into a district that stretches west to the Colorado border. Last week, the Jackson County Health Department released a letter to the community about COVID-19, saying, quote, the situation we are in is dire. The letter asked people to get vaccinated and boosted, wear masks in public, socially distance when possible, and stay home when sick because hospitals are at or near capacity and many school districts are shutting down. This week, the Jackson County Legislature withdrew a proposal for a school mask order. I spoke with Interim Jackson County Health Director Ray DeLugolecki about the current state of the pandemic. Why did the department decide to release this letter and why at that particular time? You know, like many health departments across the country, uh, we are seeing really unprecedented levels of transmission of virus. And, you know, from our perspective, it's it's the role of public health to to really stand up against um, you know the exhaustion that we're all facing and communicate when things are not okay. Based on a lot of data and information that we collected throughout last week, uh, you know we determined at, late in the day on a on a Friday that you know it was very important for us as public health professionals to stand up and and say, you know, this this is not okay, uh, and things are not okay in Jackson County. So what makes this period of time different or worse than previous periods of time during this very long pandemic? Our data is telling us that our case rate is, uh, you know, 1,200 roughly uh, um, cases per 100,000 people. And that's 10 times higher than the CDC's designation for high transmission. You know, we're seeing an increase in hospitalizations, an average of roughly 245 people are going into the hospital every single day in the Kansas City metro area. Kind of that extra extra qualitative side uh, is what really uh, led us to communicating directly with, with the public and with our um, stakeholders through the letter. It's it's the stories that we're hearing. You know, we are we as public health professionals are in the meetings when hospitals are talking about crisis standards of care. We're in the meetings when our superintendents are sharing stories with each other about substitute teaching or, you know, having to, to teach classes or having to drive a school bus or, you know, the decisions that go beyond uh, closing schools due to illness of staff and students. Uh, you know, we're, we're listening when our EMS partners are talking about driving 20 extra minutes with heart attack patients because there are no trauma centers that have availability to take people. Those are the stories that, um, you know, we often don't hear um, out there in the general public. In the letter to the community, the health department mentioned that the pandemic is beginning to affect critical infrastructure. What are you worried could happen in our community if the pandemic continues at this trajectory? You know, if our current 
uh, trajectory uh, continues and we continue to see hospitalizations that you know our hospitals simply cannot uh, adequately deal with we start to ration care uh, to our population overall and you know the thought of that is is again something that you hear in 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 movies it's not something that we you know realize as something that is real life and is something that's possible and that's again something that is happening right now uh, right now here right here in the Kansas City area you know surgeries uh, that are very much needed are being delayed you know our EMS teams are having to drive longer distances to get people uh, who are having heart attacks who are having strokes things that we can all we all understand to be very serious time critical conditions they are having to drive longer distances just to find a space for those individuals to go and so it's not to be alarmist in in any way it's just to explain again the truths and the realities of the situation that we find ourselves in what is morale like at your department right now a lot of our staff are just purely exhausted you know emotionally physically you know they've been going kind of up and down in terms of responding to increases in cases increases in hospitalizations for 2 years now and you know it's really hard on these professionals when we don't necessarily see adequate response you know when we see an increase in overall complacency or apathy uh, in the community but you know as public health professionals we're trying our best to not let those feelings get in the way of acknowledging those certain truths and realities uh, that we are facing as a community and and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to fight through those to communicate you know we're not going to get out of this by siloed decision making of choosing one or the other you know we don't get to choose the economy or covid response um you know what we do is is going to matter and it's going to matter for our staff as they you know hopefully get a break from this uh sometime soon to what extent do you feel like politics have impacted your ability to do your job? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, health departments across the state of Missouri have been severely limited through a series of political decisions, court judgments. Um, you know, right now, um, through this pandemic, we've completely shifted the responsibility of who enacts protective measures uh, to protect the general public from outbreaks of communicable disease and and situations of 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 crisis that have resided with public health pro professionals for a long time you know right now the responsibility for enacting protective measures lies almost exclusively in the state of Missouri with elected officials uh, and that is a distinct difference than how it how it has operated in the past um, and it changes our role as public health professionals as we move forward. You know, our job right now is to make sure that our elected officials, um, you know, obviously these, uh, many of these elected officials don't have training in how to effectively manage an outbreak. They don't have training in terms of responding to communicable disease. Uh, they don't have training in terms of how to interrupt transmission in a school or a daycare. And so our job is to make sure that they are fully aware of what is going on and what solutions we have, uh, not only as public health, but as a community uh, that we can employ to protect people. And that's, that's a role that we're trying to fulfill uh, every opportunity that we have. What kind of actions are you looking for from the public when it comes to mitigating the pandemic? 
Yeah. I mean, I think uh, right now, I think what we've tried to do is just spell out the basic things that people can do um, within our communities. For us, um, you know, the vast majority of patients that are hospitalized right now in Jackson County due to COVID-19 are unvaccinated. And so, um, you know, our initial recommendation would be uh, to get vaccinated. It's very, very important that people get boosted as well. You know, we are seeing very high case rates, uh, not only in the unvaccinated populations, but we're also seeing them in populations that have received a primary series, um, but have not been boosted. So we know that um, from an immunity perspective, it's important that people, um, you know, take that booster uh, in order to protect themselves. Um, you know, vaccination is going to protect our healthcare system. It's going to give us the, the best shot to uh, alleviating some of the burden on some of these systems. You know, just kind of taking some of the, that time uh, as you're going about your daily life to consider the implications of your decision uh, and, and, you know, consider um, some of the, the feelings and, you know, the consequences for, you know, exposing an individual who might be higher risk or, you know, who might not necessarily uh, have a good outcome from, you know, dealing with an infectious disease like COVID and the Omicron variant. Again, uh, the truth that is uh, staring us all right in the face right now is that healthcare systems are overwhelmed and that impacts everyone, not just those individuals that are seeking care for COVID. That was Interim Jackson County Health Director Ray DeLugo-Lackey. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more COVID-19 coverage from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear our live stream. Tomorrow, we'll hear how Kansas City's 20-somethings are coping with the pandemic. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.